Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. Today's guest is Giovanni Manetti. Hello to everybody. Oh, <laughs> Giovanni, of the Fontodi Winery in Grevi, in the heart of Tuscany's Chianti Classico region. Giovanni, welcome. Welcome, thank you. No, no problem. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Now, the first thing I've got to ask you is about your family history, because when you were a young man, you had the choice, you and your brother. Your brother's name is? Marco. Marco. Your father gave you the choice of running either the vineyard, Fontodi, or the family's terracotta business. What happened? Both of us, we were very passionate uh, with, uh, with the wine production. And uh, when we were students, uh, students at the University of Economy in Florence, we started to be involved at the winery. So um, living in, uh, in Fontodi, you know, at the end of the day or uh, during the weekend, we were taking care of the vineyards, of uh, the, the winemaking. And so we started with, uh, with the wine. So when my father asked us, you know, I need one of you in the, in the main business of the family, the Terracotta Company, we, we look at each other and uh, we, we made a deal. And the deal was, okay, my Marco was saying to me, well, I'm the older, I start with the Terracotta, but every two years we're going to switch. But we never did, because it doesn't work. You know, it's, uh, when you start to do a business, you cannot switch and every two years. So um, he's still saying to me, ah, you are the lucky one. You are, you've been very privileged uh, because you, you're running the wine business and I'm still in the terracotta. But now we found a way to cooperate and uh, to work together uh, with the Amphora project. Uh, so, so you're making Amphora for, um, for wine production? Amphora for wine production. Clay, yeah. clay pots for, for winemaking. Clay pots. And uh, that is something very, very interesting. That, is, that was probably the origin of the winemaking. Six to eight thousand years ago in uh, Caucasus or in the Georgian Republic, Georgian that area. Republic okay. uh, the first people starting started they started to make wine probably they were they were doing that using amphoras terracotta amphoras so it's very exciting you know and uh, and we make terracotta in the family so it's uh, that is something to combine the two activity of the family and uh, making amphoras and making wine in our amphoras so it's uh, it's something that is um, you know very emotionally involving. And You've come full circle. Yeah. That's full, great. Yeah, full circle. Okay, so listen, tell us a little bit about um, your vineyard, Fontodi. So I'm always confused between Greve in Chianti, which is a town, it's written Greve, by the way, G-R-E-V, but it's said Greve in Italian, Panzano in Chianti, and the Concordoro. What is going on? What, is that, what do all those words mean? Greve is uh, one of the main communes in, uh, in the Chianti region, one of the eight different communes, so it's quite large. And um, almost 50% of the surface of Greve Commune is uh, represented by Panzano, which is, a, is the a southern part mm-hmm. of uh, Greve territory. Okay. Geologically and uh, the shape of the hills uh, and the, the morphology are very different. So since uh, centuries and centuries, they've always been considered two different wine regions, two different areas. Greve on one side, on the north, and Panzano on the south. South of the village uh, opens up a beautiful valley called the Concadoro. It's like a natural amphitheater, so like a bowl with a full southern exposure. So there is uh, lots of light, quite uh, you know, warm during the day because of the 
the southern exposure, but uh, quite cool at night also because of the elevation that is. Uh, so how high are we talking, Giovanni? Between uh, 380 to 520 meters above yeah, sea level. So meters above the sea level. So the average uh, elevation is around 450. Okay, meters. so what does that mean for your Sangiovese wines, the Sangiovese grape that you grow there in the Concadoro? Yeah, that is uh, since centuries the Concadoro has been considered one of the you know crews, Chianti crews for for Sangiovese, and uh, that is considered one of the best locations for Sangiovese in Chianti, but not only in Chianti, probably in all Tuscany. Is that because it gets the mix of very hot days for ripeness and then those cool nights for aromas and freshness? That is just a part of the of the complexity, but also, you know, the soil that is uh, like a mix between Galestro and Alberese, that are the two main soil of Chianti region. So Galestro is uh, like a shale? Galestro is a calcar clay schist. Mm-hmm. So in origin it was a clay and then uh, it received a compression by the movement of, uh, of the surface and uh, transforming in a, in a rock, but it is a friable rock. So the roots can go very deep, uh, it, it is uh, able to allow very good drainage. It is a very important fact for the Sangiovese because Sangiovese, like uh, other varieties, but hates too much humidity close to the roots and uh, also in the, in the environment, in the air, you know. And the alberese, what does that do? The alberese gives, uh, you know, a lot of uh, calcare. and so limestone. Uh, limestone, and um, there's a little bit more clay, so percentage of clay is a little bit higher, and uh, giving a lot of uh, finesse and uh, a sort of depth and, uh, you know, um, structure. So a combination of the two is, uh, is, a, is a something magic. Okay, so you get that brightness in the wine, but brightness and then that lovely texture as well that the best Chianti's yeah, have. Yeah. So you've got a pretty exceptional... You wouldn't swap where you are for anything else in the world, would you? I'm, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy to be there. <laughs> and uh, I consider myself uh, privileged <laughs> to be there. So when you say this Concordor is like a sort of, a, almost like a bowl, it's a sun, a sun trap. How, what are you doing in the vineyard to make sure your Sangiovese vines are nice and balanced with global warming, climate change? You know, first of all, we are organic since a long time ago. Uh, I started to experiment organic methods in 1990, and uh, 10 years after, all the farm was transformed in organic certified. And uh, But not only, in, in, in 2000, I also reintroduced the Chianina cows. So um, I'm trying to apply the, the most principles of uh, biodynamics. So Which is trying to have a self-sustaining living organism where you're creating your own fertility with the manure from the cows, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a, like a full circle, you know. So I feed the cows with hay and barley that they grow in the middle of the vineyards, and they give us back the manure to make the compost. So self-sufficiency, I think, is a, is a, one of the key principles because um, it's a, a sort of you know maximizing the internal resources, avoiding the external inputs, and uh, that is much better to underline uh, the, the sense of place, the, the terroir characters of the wine, yeah. and uh, more and more quality regarding wine will be you know, means terroir, you know, means uh, transferring the flavors, uh, the characters of a territory into the bottle. But you're one of the very few people that has cows in Kenya. Do you think are people? I'm not saying copying you, but they look at you. You know, you're a really famous winery anyway. And the fact that you've now got these cows, do people think you're a little bit, a little bit crazy, or do you think actually, you know, this is a pretty good idea? You know, I receive a lot of visits every day from my <laughs> colleagues, and everybody they they enjoy very much to see my cows, and uh, they very curious, and they say, oh, what a great idea! I want to do the same, but uh, you know, I'm still the only one doing that. I don't know why we have to ask to to, to the other people, to my colleagues, but it's very easy to 
to manage uh, a cow cattle farm. So um, it's not a big. Uh, you know, but is it easy for you because you're such an organised guy? You know, I, I first of all I live there. I live in the middle of the vineyards. You know, I don't I don't live in Florence in a beautiful palazzo, but I live in the right in the middle in a farmhouse right in the middle of the vineyards, and that that helps to be connected, to be plugged with your with your place, with your vineyards, and you when you open the, the window in the morning, early in the morning, you can see what weather is and uh, how to arrange, how to organize uh, the work of the day. And because uh, winemakers often speak about having a connection with their vineyard and their vines, do you do you feel you've got a very strong connection with your cows? Yes, yes, it's just like a system, you know. It's um, the cows are playing a very important role in uh, giving fertility to to the soil and uh, trying to that express more and more the, the sense of place. So the type of, of agriculture that I, that I do is something in balance with nature, in balance with the cosmos, and trying to you know, assist Mother Nature to give us back their gifts. You know. So when you put some compost on your vineyard, you obviously put it between the rows. This is your fermented cow manure that's gone back to something smelling something sort of earth-like what's that why is that actually helping your your vineyard your vines their vine roots yeah you you can see immediately you know after you know a couple of years that you distribute compost um, and you just plug a little bit the, the soil life is going back into the soil so you have more worms in the soil and things like that a lot of uh, you know different different animals so you can improve the biodiversity you give uh, energy to the to the vines without uh, you know too much production of uh, leaves or fruit uh, is uh, is something very useful to reach the balance and the vines are more and more you know resistant more and more capable to 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 face uh, you know the, the challenges yeah the challenges you know uh, we were talking about global warming you know so the, the weather conditions are more and more extreme last year we, we had no rain for 110 days something that we never seen and the vines didn't suffer at all we made uh, 2016 was one of the best vintage ever made you know so that means that the vines are capable to resist, to live well, even <laughs> if uh, the, the weather conditions are not, uh, you know, perfect. And, uh, and I, think, I think that is the recipe for, for the future. What happened um, after the big frost in 1956, where lots of vineyards, uh, not just in, in Italy, but all over, the, all over Europe, were, were killed off by this frost? And um, 10,000 people living in Chianti at that time. But you've got data saying there were even more cows. Is that correct, at that period of time? Yeah, at that time, in uh, 1957, so... The year after, the Consorzio of Chianti Classico and organized a, a big uh, convention with all the, the top uh, you know, agronomists uh, in, uh, from uh, all around Italy to discuss the future of the territory. And uh, so they made like a, like a photo of the economy of the territory at that time. And, uh, and I have the book of, uh, with all the results of the convention. And, uh, and at that time, there were 12,000 Chiarina cows with uh, 10,000 citizens. So 1.2 cows per, per person. That was uh, in, Chianti. in Chianti, in Chianti, in the Chianti Classico commune. So it's a, it's a huge number. And, in, uh, and when I was uh, a child, you know, talking about, uh, you know, end of the 60s, uh, you know, assisted to, to... Take away the cows. Yes, yes, yeah. In uh, just in a few years, they completely disappeared. Because the land was being rationalized almost, wasn't it? Yeah, first of all that, and also the goal of the at that time uh, there were quantity and not quality, and uh, you know they they increased everybody increased the space between the rows to to use bigger tractors in order to reduce the cost, 
and um, you know, and that was a wrong way. Giovanni Manetti, thank you very much for coming in for today's Italian Wine Podcast. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you for having me. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 